You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Gabriel Lewitt here and Stephen Lewitt. Here, too. Here as well, and welcome to Our Two Cents. It's usually good morning, you know. It is. Today, it's It's good afternoon. And you've got one cent over here with Steve and the other cent here (laughs) with Gabe. And And that officially puts together for two. Two cents. Hopefully, that makes some sense. And speaking of, you know, adding those together, today... (laughs) Oh, that was a terrible transition. Was, uh, okay, it was my, one of my cornier ones. <laughs> we always give each other a hard time about transitions. But today we're going to do a deep dive all about budgeting. And uh, before you turn off the podcast, you know, budgeting is so important. And it's going to be uh, probably a lot more to it than you thought as well as we go in here. I think we're going to do our darndest to make budgeting interesting. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So if you recall on many of our uh, episodes here we talk a lot about current news articles trends things like that today um, and on some of our uh, once a month give it give or take we're going to do a deep dive and our last deep dive was all about retirement uh, reviewing your retirement income plan okay and one of the things that you need to do when you review your retirement income plan is review your budget Yes. Would you agree, Dad? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to make this exciting. All right. And so, you know, today is all about that part of it. The exciting okay? part. The exciting, super fun, interesting budgeting aspect of your financial planning because it's underrated how important this is. Actually, folks, this is absolutely top priority important. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you handle your budget, even if it's a budget that you have in your head, because a lot of you I know... And Gabriel knows a lot of you don't have a written budget, but you have kind of a budget we in your head. We see all. We see all, right? We're, we're <laughs> the, watching you. The hidden eye is nose. Yeah, so it's important. We'll try and make it fun. Um, uh, I think budgets are something that can be very dry. You know, just put your numbers in a lot of boxes, Gabriel. But if you do it the right way, it actually, at the mm. end of the day, gives a tremendous amount of peace of mind. I know how to make it fun. Okay, how are you going to do that? Well, the first question is, is, do you like making money? Yes. Then you'll like budgeting. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so how's that for a good uh, good uh, lead in there of, of why you should? So I mean it, guys. Um, funny enough, there's lots of ways. Uh, our job, of course, is to help you build wealth and make money, and there's lots of ways that budgeting can, in fact, help you do that, which we're going to talk about here. So let's get into it. All right. So we're going to dive deep here today and uh, we're going to start off with a couple different categories within the budgeting topic here we're going to talk about budgeting basics Uh, we're going to talk about different types of budgeting and uh, creating some different funding goals within your retirement income plan Uh, talk about a couple uh, possible miscues and misfires when it comes to your budgeting and then we're going to give you some advanced budgeting techniques all right i'm ready Did you know that there were such a thing i'm ready <laughs> so let's start with the basics uh, dad you you hinted at this we see a lot of people okay hundreds of people a year uh each of us and uh the first question is do you have a budget and what would you guess percentage wise if you met with all the people you meet within a given year how many uh have a budget would I guess? Yeah, or, or, or what would you say from oh, your experience? Oh, I'd say 10%. 10%. Uh, I would say it's pretty close to there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one out of 10 people we see come in, and, and they're ve- usually very meticulous. The ones that do have a budget, 
they come in, they've got their Excel spreadsheets, they've got it all typed up, or maybe they've they worked with somebody in the past that helped them type it, it up. It has nothing to do with how much wealth they have. Correct. It's their personality yep. that wants to know where every penny goes. Yeah, and I had a client uh, just a couple weeks back. They had their budget. Uh, they did have it. It was just scattered on uh, many, many <laughs> sheets of uh, loose-leaf paper. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that was a good starting point. And that's really the key question, guys. What I want you to ask yourselves is uh, wherever you are in your budgeting process is the, the following question. Do I really have one that I, I can say is done? Have I completed my budget? And have I, you know, uh, accounted for all the different things that I spend money on? So, and, and you might not even know if you have your budget completed or not because we're going to help you try to figure that out here today with what should or shouldn't be in a completed budget. So, Gabriel, why should I do a budget? Why, why sit down, go through, you know, how much I do at the cleaners and how much mm -hmm. I spend at the food market and how much my gas costs, all yeah. those different categories. By the way, folks, if you need a budget sheet, we have, we have we all do. of that stuff for you. We have tons of budgeting but resources. Why, why, do I, why should I do a budget? Well, let me give you a client example that I think we might have even referenced as possibly on a, on a previous call at one point. And this one just sticks out in my memory bank because we were planning for one of your clients, actually. Mm -hmm. And they, um, they had a defined plan that we had created with a certain budget. And it showed them having enough sufficient assets to, uh, to, to retire and live through age 90 uh, successfully. Yep. And he came in and said, well, I, I, can I increase my budget by $3,600 a year? A year. Okay. Oh, I remember this. Right, so $300 right, right. a month. Yes. And, and you think, you know, when you think about that, it's like, gosh. Thirty six hundred a month a year. That's not that much money. You know, three hundred bucks a month. You know, out of a seventy thousand dollar a year budget, mm -hmm. and the, I think he had five or six hundred thousand dollars. And and long story short, though, is that change resulted in a massive amount of um, asset loss in the later future years. And when you start to think about it, it just really adds up. So thirty six hundred a year is thirty six thousand over ten. And if we're planning out thirty years. That's close to over a hundred thousand dollars just in the principal plus the amount that it loses in growth. In growth, because that money's not invested. Yep, and then and and the extra money you take out of your plan to fund that also loses growth. So so there's all sorts of different combining pieces here, and the impact even small changes to your budget today, if done consistently over the next 25, 30 years, can make a huge change to your net worth. So to answer your question, why do it? Uh, we're in the business of providing peace of mind, but more importantly, we do that with really accurate retirement income plans. And so I always tell, tell my clients when they say, do I really have to do a budget? <laughs> I say, do you want a really accurate retirement plan? <laughs> no, it's like getting in your car. Do I really need to know how many miles is in my gas tank or can I just guess? Yeah, actually, that's a great analogy. Like, for example, nowadays you get the cars, they tell you you've got two miles left right, mm -hmm. or, or 20 miles left. So you can real, really be precise with when you need to fill up. This would be like, you, without a budget, it's retiring with something that says you have somewhere between uh, empty and a quarter tank. Yeah, good, good <laughs> luck. <laughs> but you don't know where. And you don't know where the next gas station yeah, is. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah. so th the biggest reason is I think it's going to give you additional peace of mind. And like I said, and I started off with this, it should help make you money, right? Because I've seen sample and example after example, where somebody says, wait a second, honey, we're paying how much for that? <laughs> we ate out how often? You know, and, and so you start We've to find these ways of um, it, it's, it's waste or excess or things you don't need, sub subscriptions you can cancel, 
there's all sorts of things that come up, come up from this budgeting process that I think are very valuable. Well, every time you and I in, uh, review a budget with a client, we always find fat in the budget mm-hmm. that they didn't well, know. Well, that's a good word. Yeah, trim the fat, right? Trim you know, the fat is, is out the of the budget. It's stuff you don't miss. It, it's money in the bank. And you'll either leave more to your kids or you'll have more to spend. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. And I would say, even if you have lots and lots of money. So I, I did have a client once they, um, in a meeting. He's still a client of ours. He has a couple million dollars. And he says, you know, Gabe, uh, do I really need to budget? Like, I'm going to be fine. And I said, well, either way, do you want to be just throwing money away? Right. You know, there are just things if we're talking about not being wasteful. Whether you have millions of dollars or not, it's still our job to help you try to identify those and, and save on those money. Because there's other better uses for that. Charity, you, you know, you name it, kids, um, things that go, you know, go yeah. further than just wasting. Now, when, Gabriel, when people are going through their budget, what, what should they be looking for? All right. So the first thing, you mentioned we have a worksheet here. Uh, you want to type this up. Uh, I don't want to pick on people that have this on loose leaf paper, things like that, but your budget's going to be something that's going to shift and change over time. So we need to have an accurate starting point representation. So we want to type that up. We've got a digital worksheet uh, in Excel that we can help you put together. And inside of that is going to be different categories. So if you start off by thinking of big categories, I think that's the best place to start. So you're going to have major category expenses, housing, healthcare, Medicare, mortgage, mortgages, um, credit card debt. Uh, maybe debt, you know, that's a big one. We could talk about that if we have time. So you're going to have these major categories, transportation, and the goal is to category by category, start big and start getting smaller and smaller and more granular. Some people will take things like entertainment and lump it together into one, let's say $500, $600 a month of entertainment. Other people will will break that down even further. Shows, eating out, subscriptions, uh, books, you know, you can get as detailed as you really want. We don't need to go that much in depth typically, but at least the major categories like spending on entertainment, for example, we want to definitely identify those. And then you can find out which is the fixed part of the budget. In other words, money we have to spend, like on the mortgage, on insurances, on uh, health insurance, wh- mm-hmm. whatever, that's fixed. That's money I have to spend. Right. And then we can identify optional money and how much of that optional money you're really overspending. Yeah, and there's a lot of research that talks about when you go to build your retirement income plan, which is really the, the foundation of why you need a budget, is building your income plan based on those numbers. But you want to necess- you want to make sure you've obviously got enough to pay mortgages, uh, rental property, property taxes if your mortgage is paid off, insurance, medical costs, right? You want to make sure you you obviously have enough for all of those essential living expenses. Uh, it may not be the end of the world if you couldn't take four vacations a year and had to take three, right? If all of a sudden you had to cut back on your budget. Those are called discretionary expenses. And so part of what we do when we budget is we do want to break those into those two different core categories. You've got true core living expenses and then discretionary expenses, we can tend to break those out separate. Right. So the, so lots of times uh, folks will come in and uh, ask us, Gabriel, uh, you know, should I, should I pay off the mortgage in my house or should I pay uh, twice, uh, you know, double the payments on it? And, mm-hmm. and folks, the only way we can know that is if you have a complete budget, then we can start to look at your asset drawdown. <laughs> and see if you can accelerate the payments or even if it makes sense to accelerate the payments uh, on your mortgage. Right. 
I just <laughs> my son. Uh, I'll take him to the emergency room, and uh, we'll we'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I took a sip of my coffee and uh, almost lost some air there. <laughs> he's 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 looking okay. He's looking okay, folks. Oh well, that was a good sip. <laughs> <laughs> did you, so? Are you, did you hear me? <laughs> we told you we'd, ma we'd make this interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so. I did hear you. Yeah, those are those are very good points. Uh -huh. um, you know, I I think the key here, guys, is if we haven't beaten this point to death, here is the budget's very We're very going to beat you to death. Very very <laughs> important uh, for for a lot of reasons. Okay, and and so we talked about essential versus discretionary things like that. Um, but let's talk about some of the biggest issues we see in budgeting. If I can switch gears here a little bit, Dad, what what's the biggest problem you've seen with some of the clients you've worked with? who have a budget well they don't have a budget to begin with yeah uh and those that have a budget don't know how to keep to it mm -hmm. so they wind up for example i just had a client in before our podcast here and uh, they had budgeted for travel uh 10 grand a year and they're in for their review and i said well how how are we doing on the budget and they, well we're we're um <laughs> uh, it's about 25 grand a year for yeah. travel i said well that's great let's plug that money that into your plan see how that affects your asset balance mm -hmm. now it so happens that they could it, it you know all it did was lower what they were leaving right. to their kids <clears throat> uh, but but budgets shift and change depending on who you are and what stage you are in life. And, you know, if you're healthy, you have one kind of budget. If you're not well, you have a different kind of budget. The drawdowns are always different. So the single problem that I find is that most folks, they'll make a budget if they do, but then they don't track it. Right. So we have no idea if they're staying to the budget or not staying to the budget. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. That's one of the biggest things that I see as well. And, you know, when I when I go through that exercise of creating a budget for the first time, uh, it's very eye opening when people come back because I'll, I'll say, you know, go home and pull up your statements and they'll, your, your credit card statements will give you a total. And when you finally go through and add everything up, uh, many, many, many times people said, well, we thought our budget was 60,000. Turns out it's 75. Almost all the time. <laughs> I've ne I don't think I've ever had someone come back. With what, with less than what they yeah. thought they yeah, were. Yeah, we thought spending. it was sixty, and it's really yeah, forty. Yeah, no, it never happens. Yeah. Sixty is always seventy or seventy-two or mm -hmm. sixty-eight. Or I didn't realize we were spending money on this. I had no idea we were spending money on that. It's always more. Yes. Than than. Yeah, and expected. I think, guys, what what you should do is uh, when you when you think about whether you can or can't spend more than your budget. If you've if you've got a pool of uh, in your client's example, let's say they've got a million dollars and they've got nothing to worry about by spending an extra ten grand, right? That's that's the goal. We don't want you to worry about spending that money. So we when we help you build your plan, uh, remember we always want to break things into what we call uh, paychecks, right? That's your core budget, and then playchecks mm -hmm. or fund money. Mm -hmm. And so w the, what that does is, you know, if you've got a pool of fund money that we've identified four or five, six hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever that amount is. Now I'll give you an example. I just had a client a couple weeks ago. His, uh, he's got a spending account and it's only got 10 grand in it. Okay. He doesn't have as much money as some of, some of the other clients I've worked with, but at least he knows that if he touches that 10 grand, it's not going to impact his retirement. Plan. Exactly. Okay. And so I think it's important as you build out your budget, we can earmark accounts or certain amounts of funds that you have discretionary access to. So you don't have, we don't want to be the big bad wolf 
on your shoulder telling you don't spend money. In fact, we want you to spend money so you have the best retirement you can possibly have. Uh, but it all starts by by identifying how much you can spend without worrying. Yeah, because otherwise what happens is every time you spend money, you're always in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, can I really afford this? You feel guilty about it. And you feel guilty it. or yeah. it, there's always a question mark. And that's very upsetting. So you go out and have a nice dinner and you pay the check and the little voice comes up. Oh, my, that was a lot. Can, mm-hmm. I, can I really afford this? Or you take your kids on vacation, the family on vacation. You know, can you – we have a client that spent – 40000 on a va- Four, family vacation. $45,000. You know. and, and was happy about it because yep. they it was built in Correct. to their budget. Yep. They, under, they understood that. So, guys, this is the idea behind budgeting. I want to shift gears, though, and talk a little less about the specifics of budgeting and more about how your, your lifestyle and your needs and your income and your expenses, how this shifts over time within your retirement plan. And that's why, you know, starting off with a budget today is so important. But, Dad, the hidden danger that everybody needs to keep in mind in their retirement plan that many people always underestimate is the power of this what word. Mm. It starts with an I. Mm, let me think. Uh, in uh, uh, in something, right? Let's see. Could it be... Um, inflatable? Mm, <laughs> in... Inflate, inflation. Oh, you got, got it. it. Yay. Right. <laughs> We're just kidding. <laughs> yes, inflation. So what? what's the problem with inflation, Dad? Well, the problem with inflation is it sneaks up on you. You don't feel it. You, you may go three or four years, and, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, lunch doesn't cost me $10 anymore. It costs me 15 Mm-hmm. And then you look at yourself and say, boy, did that get expensive. Yeah. And it's like uh, it just sneaks up on you. And, and, and suddenly you start to worry, can I really afford this? And mm-hmm. what most people do without a budget is they start cutting back. That's the natural uh, human reaction. I have fear over what I'm going to spend. So I'm just going to cut back. So that night that we're going to go out for dinner, Maybe we cut back on going out for dinner. Maybe we cut back on going to the movies. Uh, just psychologically, emotionally, internally, they don't even realize that that's what they're doing. But yep. they are. They're shortchanging well, themselves. Cutting back isn't very fun. Not normally. <laughs> yeah. Not normally. And, and so what I think what's so eye-opening here is the amount that inflation can change your, your expenses over time. And just to give you an example, if you spend, let's say, $75,000 today, Let's say you're 60. Uh, we ch- we typically project your retirement out 30 years, and the reason for that is there's a 50% chance that either you or your spouse, if you're married, will live p- past age 92. That's right. Okay, and so that's a very high probability. So we we build that out for 30 years, starting from age 60 to age 90. And if you're spending 75,000 a day. Over 30 years, let's say we use a what 3% three percent inflation rate. Yeah, three percent. Um, I don't have the exact number here, but it more than I think it's almost two and a half times. So 75, 150, uh, like it's like 175, 180 thousand dollars. So in 30 years from now, that's how expensive things are going to be. Exactly, and most folks that I meet kind kind of understand inflation. They kind of say, "Yeah, I know inflation. I know," but they don't plan for it. So uh, when they start spending more money, it's 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 out. It's like it becomes very everything becomes expensive. When you have a plan, it doesn't become expensive. It it, be, it is more expensive in a way, but it doesn't feel expensive because you have a plan. Yeah, and a budget. 
Yeah, so inflation is one of those things that you want to keep in mind, and we're going we're gonna to dive a little into our advanced budgeting section here. But when you build your budget, one of the advanced things that you can do, and we'll do this for you if you want our help because we, we want to make sure your, your retirement plan is accurate, but um, different parts of your – remember those categories, Dad, in your budget? Mm-hmm. Do all categories have the same rate of inflation? No. How did I do? That was correct. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> no. Oh, can you my elaborate? Gosh. So, yeah, I can elaborate on that. So, look, folks, general inflation right now is around 2.2, 2.3%. It's very low. Uh, back in 1985, which Gabriel won't remember, uh, but I remember. I remember. <laughs> uh, inflate, you know, you could buy a CD for 16%, and inflation was about 16%. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so, general inflation is about. 2.2%. Healthcare inflation is 4 to 6%, depending on what type of healthcare you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You have this tremendous differential of di- foods inflated at a different rate than uh, general inflation. Gas Me- and oil. Gas and oil. So you've got all of these different inflation rates uh, that people don't plan for. Yeah, and I think you know, healthcare is you, you hit the nail on the head with healthcare is probably the biggest one. And so the other biggest one that I see that actually is the opposite is if you're building out your budget, uh, you have something like a mortgage. Let's say you got 10 or 15 years left in a mortgage. You actually, that's not going to inflate at 3%. The, you know, generally, you're going to be on a fixed payment plan over mm-hmm. that next 10 or 15 years. Right. So we want to identify these different budgeting categories. And if we're really trying to be accurate with your plan, and then we can identify how those increase or, or decrease over time just based on those different inflation rates. That's right. Okay. That's right. And the last part of that is, uh, and I, I can't take credit for this, I forget who, who it was that came up with this, is your spending tends to go in different waves during your retirement. So this is also a bit more on the advanced side, but you've got typically right when you first retire, the first 10 years is what they call your go-go years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're really going to be active. Um, this is where we want to build into your retirement budget, all your traveling, I mean, spending, you're going out, you're eating, you're hanging out with friends, you're really active and enjoying those first 10 years. Typically yeah. So what we'll do, folks, is we'll pump up your budget if you're looking like to that. travel. Pump it up. We'll pump up your budget <laughs> during the maybe from 65 to 80 mm-hmm. because those are probability based, your highest probability of good health when you're going to be running around. Now, I, look, we have clients that are 85, 90 years old that are still running around. Mm-hmm. But probability-wise, you want to have more money early, a bigger budget early for for those years. But right. then comes something else. Slogo. Slogo. <laughs> so right. you got go-go and then slogo. Uh, that's where you tend to see a decrease in your spending on uh, uh, you know, traveling, vacations, going out. Uh, although that's also at the same time, your healthcare expenses tend to start to rise. Mm. And then lastly, the third phase is, uh, it's kind of sad, but it's called the no-go years, mm. uh, where you're not going as much except for to the, maybe to the, the your doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where you see your, your healthcare ex- expenses rise. So, so we can try to model all of this into your plan, and that's really advanced budgeting. But all of these things together is really what we can help you do and, and is really very, very important. So if this seems like a lot for you to do on your own, um, that's what we're here for. We're here to help and we can help you map all this out and make it kind of easy and painless mm-hmm. for you. I don't know about the painless part because you still have to sit down <laughs> at your desk 
turn the light on and spend mm -hmm. an hour with a pencil and a paper and some bills out in front of you and just go through that exercise, all it'll take is an hour. Yeah, an hour, hour and, and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. You go through, and you will be amazed at what you discover about your spending habits. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so, so guys, that's budgeting. Uh, 101, 201, maybe a little 301 in there too. A little bit. Um, but um, can't understate its importance, and if we can help you in that with any kind of uh, help of any kind, uh, let us know. And uh, let's round out our show here by switching gears and talking about, uh, well, it's also sad, a little bit about this. Uh, you guys all heard about Kobe Bryant and the, uh, the helicopter is all over the news. Mm -hmm. um, but what people have realized is what the, the biggest, I mean, obviously the family issues are, are, are terrible and challenging, um, but his financial affairs are so complex. Hmm. You know, if you this article is talking about all the details behind all of his, uh, he's got a venture capital fund, he's got endorsement deals, he's got three mansions, he's got real estate, he's got investments, he's got assets. Um, we have a, a old, whole series old, of old partnerships. Partnerships. We have a series of things called famous estate planning uh, failures or mistakes, and just as a uh, you know, things like these, unfortunate events like these, you know. If there's only any kind of silver lining whatsoever that can be in there, it, it can cause us to at least, you know, take a look at how we're set up for things like that. And, you know, made me look at my son and say, gosh, I got to spend more time with them. You know, we can try to you know, just really make sure we're uh, taking advantage of, of our time while we're here. Yeah, it's a tough way to things. learn a financial lesson on somebody else losing their life, a yeah. whole group of people. But the fact is, is that folks, you know, these things happen. And uh, here you have a guy who's very wealthy. A lot of his money is tied up. It's illiquid. He can't get. They can't. Get, they may not be able to get it out, or mm -hmm. they might lose millions and millions well, and of dollars trying yeah, to get it out. He was 41 years old. And how many 41-year-olds do you know of that have updated their wills and trusts? Well, and, how many have one? Yeah, that's in what the I'm first saying. Place? Even even have them created. Now, hopefully, it's it's very likely that Kobe did. Um, but just as a you know, just as a reminder out there, and if you're if you're a young one of our younger listeners, I know we have a, a number of you. Uh, you've got families. You're you know procrastinating on your wills and your trusts and your powers of attorney. Um, these these can be good reminders, you know, unfortunate reminders of how how meaningful it is to get those in place. Absolutely. So what what we'd like you to do, folks, is you know get your statements. Uh, come in for what we call a beneficiary review. Let's make sure, because they're worried on Kobe's accounts, Gabriel, that some of the beneficiaries are old. Yeah, maybe never had gotten Never got it, got it changed. Yeah. So we know where the money is going. So uh, come in. Let's do a beneficiary review because that's part of your estate plan. Mm -hmm. uh, let's make sure that, God forbid, something happens to you that your money goes where you want it to go. It doesn't go someplace else. Yeah. And the other, you know, the other part, too, is if you're a business owner. So many of these were Kobe's business affairs. This article talks about hopefully he had, you know, key man insurance uh, in place because, you know, as a business, especially if you're uh, you're the focus of your business, um, you know, insurance, life insurance, you know, these are all valuable tools to help ensure that your business partners, your family members, you know, people are really taken care of if something unfortunate or unexpected was to happen to you. And so same thing there, right? It's a, it's a good I, you know, idea to review your life insurance benefits uh, if you need, if you have enough, if you need it. Um, you know, these are all just, you know, kind of takeaways, you know, sad as it is to, to try to, 
you know, pull from this uh, on your own financials and see what, if anything, can be, uh, you know, taken from that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So lastly here, I, I want to, you know, I was thinking we had this are other we, article here. I want to skip this we, one. Kind are we going to end on well, good no, news? We're, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give you some good news. We're not going to do that one. <laughs> so, uh, tell uh, them what it was. Here, no, no. I can't Gabriel pulls this off, an article on the coronavirus. No, and I just realized this we is can't, a great way to too, end this. This is too right? depressing. We can't do that. Let <laughs> me give you some. Kobe and coronavirus and budgeting. Well, I guess that's the state of affairs we're living in right now, apparently. Folks, do come back for the next issue of. Uh, our podcast. Well, here, here's, it'll, a, it'll here's more, more positive fun. news. The uh, Chicago Auto <laughs> Show is uh, coming back to town uh, this upcoming week. Okay, and uh, you, if you want to run into me there, you're going to maybe bump into me. I'm not sure when I'm going to go yet, even though there's thousands and thousands of people there. Maybe you won't be able to find me, but I'm going to go there with my son, uh, possibly my daughter. They love seeing the cars. Yep. I always love going. Guys, there's lots of new cars out there. I was just, love cars. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, speaking of budgeting, I use, you know, I'll have to tie, tie this back in there. I was just talking to a client uh, last night who says, you know, I need to make sure I add a new car into my budget. Uh, my car's got 200,000 miles, and I need to get a new one. And he was shocked at how m- we just said, okay, what's a $30,000 car cost if you buy it over the next five years? Can you guess just offhand? Uh, you mean in, pay- in yeah, interest pay- rate? Mo- monthly 30, payment. 46000 Oh, you mean per month? Yeah, just monthly. A uh, $30,000 car, mm-hmm. 500 a month. Yeah, li- li- probably mid-fives. Mid-fives. Yeah, depending on how much you can get them to budge on the yeah. price. And he was like five hundred and fifty dollars for for a thirty thousand dollar car. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't a Beamer or a, or a Mercedes or this is probably you, a, a you a buy an, Honda, an upper yeah. end car, and you're paying a thousand twelve hundred dollars a you month know, so, for a car. So even if you're going to buy the mid sized Toyota Camry outright, you know you can expect to be spending six seven hundred dollars a month. Okay, and that can be a huge uh, addition into your monthly budget. Unless so. you buy a truck like Joe here. <laughs> Joe, how much is your truck a month? <laughs> A month. Five hundred for he a truck. Good, he got a good deal. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You ever drive and a truck? I like trucks. <laughs> and so you know, so yeah, uh, car show. You know, budgeting aside, great, great time to go there. I love it. I, I think it's one of the best things Chicago does. I, I enjoy going each year. So uh, that's that's how we're going to end on a positive note. On a positive note. I'll see you down cool, there. Cool new cars and all sorts of fun things. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that was a helpful episode here. Uh, budgeting is something that uh, I, I can't recommend enough. And, of course, if you have any troubles or need our help, um, that's what we're here for. Guys, let us know how we can help. Anything financial whatsoever, questions you have, advice you need, recommendations you're looking for. Um, there's, of course, never any pressure of any kind if you're not a client of ours. Uh, give us a call. That's what we're here to do. It's what we love to do. And you can reach us at 847-499-3330 or just go to our website, sglfinancial.com, and uh, send in a contact form. And uh, as always, thank you so much for being our listeners. Uh, we, we truly do value you. And, of course, share us with your friends. And uh, we can't wait to see you on the next call. Hey, thank you all. Stay well. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com and be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.